0: Amen. Amen. I believe that um, God has a reason for why you're here today. It's not by accident or mistake, but by divine orchestration. And so what I want to pray for us in this moment is that we would understand why we're here. Maybe God would open up your eyes to see new possibilities for what he has for you today. So let's pray for a moment. God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace and your truth. And we just ask that as we spend the next few moments together unpacking your word and experiencing your grace, we would just hear from you in a fresh way. Lord, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. It is so great to be with you this morning, excited for what God is going to do, especially, hey, if you are here for the first time, we want to say good morning and Welcome to you. Um, we're we're thankful that you're here. We're not gonna point you out or make you feel weird. I, I will say, hey, thank you so much for bearing with us. We've had people working on the HVAC all morning. I'll give you some good news though. In Christ, this is as close to hell as we're ever gonna get, right? So, amen. So, uh, thank you for bearing with us in that, and uh, excited for what God is gonna do this morning um church can you just for a moment i I told first time guests that we're thankful that they're here can you help me welcome every person here for the first time We're excited you're here. And for those of you tuning in online with us, we're thankful that you chose. Uh, I believe that Church Online is a supplement, not a substitute. And so if you have the opportunity to join us uh, one Sunday morning in person, I think it would be a game changer in your walk with Christ. I'm honored to be back here. Uh, last weekend I was teaching at a different church and it was honored to be there. But, um, man, my wife taught last weekend and she brought the heat. Can we just honor Tori real quick? She's incredible. I'm so proud of her, so thankful for her voice in our church. And uh, this morning, I want to talk to you um, about baggage. I, I think a lot of times you and I carry around baggage. We carry around weight. If we were never designed to Carrie, I was reading a passage of Scripture this week. Um, Oh, but before I do that, uh, yesterday we had the opportunity to do Serve Day. The summer at Propel Church is filled with a lot of things, but Serve Day is one of those where we're not focused on us. We focus on giving back to the community. And so uh, this is what Serve Day looked like. There were people who showed up yesterday, and we had the opportunity to gather together in what will be our future auditorium. And so all of those people yesterday served across our city and And we're able to see people come to know Jesus. We were able to give back. It was absolutely incredible. We washed cars. We delivered hot dogs to firefighters in over like 25 different fire stations. We were able to play games with seniors. We cleaned downtown Mount Pleasant. And the kids even had a serve day project as well. I am so thankful to be a part of a church that serves its community and realizes its whole design and intention is not just to be focused on themselves, but to give back because we have been blessed to be a blessing. Can you just thank you, celebrate you for a moment? It was incredible. Incredible. Um, Serve day was awesome. I want to read you a passage of scripture in John chapter 14 today uh, that I read this week, and I got a little bit frustrated with it. John chapter 14, verse 12. This is Jesus talking, and he says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Jesus is talking to the disciples. This is post-Easter. He's pulled off Easter. He died. He's resurrected. He's now back. He's hanging out with the disciples, and they're having a conversation because Jesus is telling them, I have to go be with the Father. He's going to ascend into heaven. Scripture says that he's now seated at the right hand of God the Father. And now the Spirit of God is going to come to you and I. And as Jesus looks at the disciples, he says, You will be able to do even greater things. I don't know about you. I don't know that if I looked at my life and I deducted what I'm seeing God do in my here and now would be considered even greater things than what Jesus did. And so I've got this disconnect because I want to do even greater things. I want to experience even greater things than what Jesus experienced. That's what Scripture tells us is available to you and I. But I think that you and I tend to carry around so much baggage from our old life that we can't actually experience all that God has for us in the here and now. And so I was uh, flying to Phoenix in um, February, and so I get to the airport. I'm sitting down. It's an early morning flight because I need to be in Phoenix by lunchtime. And, and so I'm sitting in the airport in my seat, and I'm watching this family walk up. And it was one of those um, families like everybody had on matching T-shirts, right? So maybe you're a part of one of those families. It's weird, right? But, but I'm watching this family. There's like a group of three or four of them walking up, but then there's this, I would deem him to be a straggler uh, hanging behind. He's trying his best to catch up with the group, but uh, he seemed to be the father figure of the group because he was frantically carrying every piece of luggage that he could. So there's a man and he had backpacks, he had things on his shoulders. There was one suitcase that he was just kicking and he's like running through the airport like this and he's carrying all this weight and it doesn't look like anybody's helping him. He looks completely exhausted. And I felt like in that moment that the Lord was speaking to me, this is kind of what a lot of us look like. Like you didn't pick up actual baggage. There was no terminal that you went to. The terminal you went to was the one in your mind. And so this morning, as you got out of bed and you started walking, you started picking up. Baggage after baggage, the carousel in your mind afforded you the opportunity to not pick up bags made of leather or some sturdy plastic, but they were made of burdens. You picked up the suitcase of guilt... You grabbed a sack of discontentment, you draped a duffel bag of weariness on one shoulder and you were handed a bag of grief on the other. You added on a backpack of doubt, you grabbed an overnight bag of loneliness, and maybe perhaps you packed a trunk of fear just to put it all together. And pretty soon you're juggling all of this luggage, you've got more luggage than even I have in my hand, and you're wondering, why am I so exhausted? I go, why am I so tired? Because you're carrying all of this baggage. And because you and I tend to carry baggage, it's no wonder why we get so tired and so weary. So I had the uh, wonderful privilege of being behind this family in the boarding line, and he gets up to it, and and, uh, I had overheard them talk. They were going on a a two-day trip. It looked like they were never coming home, right? (laughs) Come on, some of y'all got family and you, you pack like that. We get to the gate and the, the we're flying Delta and Delta looks at the man and, and she says, Sir, you have excess baggage, which is the term that Delta uses to say you're actually carrying too much. You have a desire to bring too much onto the plane. And if you have excess baggage, um, there's a fee that's acquired with the extra baggage that you have. I think sometimes you and I just continue to carry baggage, not realizing what it actually cost us. Because make no mistake, the baggage that you and I choose to carry will cost you something. It's not if it costs you something, it's when it costs you something. Because baggage incurs a cost. And if you keep carrying it, it will cost you. And so my hope for you today is I'm going to read you a passage of scripture where we see this prophet Elisha. Um, There's also a prophet named Elijah. I'm probably going to get their names mixed up, so uh, just give me grace this morning. 1 Kings chapter 19, we see a prophet. and My goal for you by the end of this is to be able to let go of some things that you've been holding on to. Because I believe one of the reasons why you and I don't experience the greater things in our lives is because we're still carrying baggage from where we used to be at. And if we would be able to set down old baggage, we could pick up the new things that God has for us. First Kings chapter 19 says this, So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in that field, and Elijah was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him, and he threw his cloak around his shoulders, and then he walked away. What's happening in this moment is, if you're not familiar, prophets in the Old Testament were these men of God who were called to ridiculous responsibility. They were counselors to kings, they were God's people to speak on behalf, they would perform miracles, and basically they were the vessel in which God communicated through. So God would speak to the prophets, and then the prophets would speak to the people. That's an incredibly big responsibility. And then Elijah comes to Elisha and throws his cloak around him. Elijah was a prophet, Elijah isn't there yet. What he's saying when he does it is he's saying the same thing that covered me, I want to now cover you. I'm raising up an understudy. I'm inviting you on this journey that could change your life forever. And I think sometimes when we carry a lot of excess baggage, the thing we need to remember is that God's plan for your life is bigger than your right now. Have you ever had low vision. I've got bad eyes. Um, I can't see really without my glasses. And, and so if I were to try and teach the remainder of this message to you, um, it wouldn't go well because, because I can't see. I think a lot of us live with poor vision. We get so stuck in our here and now and the things we currently see around us that we forget that God is and will always be the Alpha and the Omega. That He is the beginning from the end. And while you can only see your here and now, your current circumstances, God sees where you currently are, but He also sees where you're heading. And I think if God could just speak into your life this morning, what He would do is He would try and elevate your vision to understand that God's plan for your life is bigger than what you're currently experiencing. That God's plan for your life is bigger than the baggage you currently carry. God's plan for your life is bigger than your here and now. Where does the prophet Elijah find Elisha? Plowing behind the 12th team of oxen. So get this, there, there are 12 teams of oxen. Elijah is in the caboose of the 12th team. Literally Elijah's day in and day out is to stare at the rears of oxen. Now, some of y'all are like, I get that, I work with them, (laughs) right? But day in and day out, he would plow behind these oxen. They would go on this course, and he would just stare at oxen rears, making sure that they stayed on course. It was mundane. It was ridiculous. It was the worst 9 to 5 you could possibly have. He probably complained about it at the water cooler every day. But Elijah is there, but it's in the middle of the mundane that God meets him there and invites him into the miraculous. Because what Elijah saw that Elijah couldn't is a bigger picture for what God had for his future. And I think God has a bigger plan for your life than just plowing behind the rears of oxen. God wants to give you vision, big vision, to actually experience the possibilities that he has for your life. Ephesians 3.20, that he's able to do more than you might ask, think, or imagine. God is capable and able to do more. But what you and I tend to do is we tend to pick up baggage and we tend to carry things for our here and now. What the lady was telling him when when she said, Sir, you have excess baggage is you're actually carrying too much to get on this plane and go where we need to go. I wonder if you and I are carrying some things that God says, Hey, you can't take that on the journey for where we're headed. And if you knew where God was going to take you, you would just lay it down so that you could pick up what he has for you on the road. God's plan for your life is bigger than you're right now, but the key to this whole thing is obedience. Obedience is the key that unlocks the plans of God for your life and my life. So, Elijah does this in 1st Kings chapter 19 verse 20. It says, "So Elijah left the oxen standing there and he ran after Elijah, and he said to him, First, let me go kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you.'" Elijah replied, "Go on back, but Think about what I've done for you. When you and I are in transition from walking out of our old life into our new life, or maybe you're carrying baggage for where you are, but you want to lay it down for where God takes you, the natural tendency is to go back into your old way of living. He left the oxen, he ran to the prophet, and he's like, hey, I just need to go back really quick. This is kind of what happens. I I felt this natural draw when I gave my life to Jesus to do this exact same thing. So I surrendered my life to Christ on August first of 2011. He rescued me from a drug addiction, and the first thing I wanted to do was go back into the party scene, the drug dealer scene that I was in, and I wanted to just rescue everybody because I thought, really, I can do it. Dumb. (laughs) Doesn't work. (laughs) Because I didn't have vision to see God in the middle of those situations. I I was going to try and rescue people not realizing that I will never be the Savior. So he says, you can go back, go back, tell your father and mother goodbye, but you can't forget what you've been invited into. Because you have to have vision for bigger than you're right now. The second thing that I want you to know this morning is that God is inviting you to deeper surrender. God is inviting you to deeper surrender. I don't know what you are currently holding on to. Maybe it's a sin issue. Maybe it's your past mistakes. Maybe it's baggage from a relationship. Here's what I do know. All of us have baggage. There is not one of us that's exempt from uh, going through the the luggage carousel of life. You've got baggage, I've got baggage, we've all got baggage. And the, the probably the best part is in, in Christ, that some of us have baggage we don't yet realize we have, but as you grow in your walk with Christ, He reveals more of the baggage you actually carry, inviting you in the opportunity to actually surrender it over to Him. Right. One of the best things you could do this morning would be to assess what baggage you actually carry And figure out why you still carry it because there's a reason you've held on to that guilt there's a reason why you've held on to that fear or that shame there's a reason why you've held on to that relationship and what I hold on to actually reveals who I trust because when I choose to hold on to the old ways of living, when I choose to hold on to guilt or shame, rather than picking up the things of God, it shows that I actually trust my fear more than I trust my Savior. Or it shows that I would rather place my hope and trust in the suitcase of guilt. I'd rather feel bad. Here's what Christians do. Uh, Christians tend to do this. Well, I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner. When, Christ, when God looks at you now, he no longer sees your sin. What Scripture says is you're, you, you lost the title of sinner. You take on the mantle of saint. Saint and sinner don't coexist. If anyone has been made new in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. But what the enemy tricks us into doing is we still carry the suitcase of sinner, never picking up the suitcase of saint. Your identity has to be rooted in who God says you are. So, why are you carrying the things that you're carrying the more you grow in your relationship with Christ the more surrender you're invited into by God it's through surrender that you and I become more and more like Jesus 1 kings chapter 19 verse 21 says so elijah returned he remembered He remembered what he was being invited into. He remembered the calling that was now on his life. He saw it as a great opportunity. But here's what he knew. If he didn't kill the old things, if he didn't get rid of the baggage, if he didn't let go of some stuff, there was no way he was going to be able to walk in all that God called him to. If he didn't get rid of some stuff... When things got difficult, when things got rocky, he would fall right back into the old ways of living. He would jump on that twelfth oxen and he would plow for the rest of his life. So what does he do? He returned to his oxen and he slaughtered them all. He used wood from the plow to build a fire and he roasted their flesh. Then he passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate it. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. God is calling you and I to a place of deeper surrender. Sometimes what we do is we pack a suitcase. Some of y'all travel like this. I'm just going to pack everything just in case I need it. So you've been carrying around a pornography addiction that you've tried to get rid of for some period of time, but you still carry it just in case you need it. Or yeah, you struggled with alcohol in the past, but but that's not where you're at anymore. You just keep some beers in the fridge ju- just in case you need it. And what God wants you to do today is kill off your old life. To kill off those things that you've been holding on to. To He's inviting you and I, each and every single one of us, into a place of deeper surrender because it's in that surrender that you and I actually get to experience greater things with Him. What the enemy would love to trick you and I into thinking is that we can achieve all that God has for us or that we can experience greater things without surrendering it all to Him. If you look at John or Luke chapter 4, you'll see the temptation of Jesus. And there's so much in the temptation of Jesus. We, we see that every time the enemy tempted Jesus, he would use Scripture to combat it. And so the way most people teach that passage of Scripture is that the way to combat temptation is with Scripture. Do I believe that's true? Absolutely. Not the point of Luke chapter 4. <laughs> at all. Because if you look at Luke chapter 3, Luke chapter 3 is a genealogy of Jesus, and it ends with Adam. So we go into Luke chapter 4, and now... Jesus is being tempted in the wilderness, just like Adam was. And here's the thing. If Jesus caves into the temptation, he's not the savior of the world. That's why Jesus is the second Adam. Jesus is the greater Adam, because where Adam failed, Jesus succeeds. Ultimately being the one that would die for you and I on our behalf. The temptation of Jesus is all about what happened in the garden in the very beginning. But in that passage of scripture, one of the things that the enemy does is he takes him to this mountaintop, this this um, on top of this mountain, and he gives him the ability to overlook the entire city. And as he's overlooking the entire city, Satan looks at him and says, "I'll give you dominion over all of this." What's he doing? He's inviting him to the crown without the cross. He's saying, I'll give you everything you ever wanted. The only thing you can't do is surrender to this death thing. You want keys to the kingdom? I'll give it to you right now. Jesus turned it down. And in the garden, we see him pray this prayer. Father, if there's any way for this cup to pass from me, let it. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours. That's surrender. Well, that God, I'm actually willing. This is, the, this is the baggage. This is the luggage, the suitcase of my life. And it means if it means I have to lay it down in order for your will to be accomplished, I'll lay it down. That's why Scripture says that Jesus was obedient to the point of death. He chose to die for you and for me. God is inviting us into a place of deeper surrender. Maybe this morning the place of surrender is your soul or your life. And you've been carrying your life. You've been the Lord of your own life. You've been the steward of your own life. And you've continued to carry it over and over and over again. And here's what I've learned when I'm the, the, the owner of my life. I do a really good job of messing it up. Right. This scripture teaches us that the, the ways of a man lead to deception, but the ways of the Lord lead to life. When I'm in the one in control of my own life, man, I do a real good job of messing it up. But when I place my hope and trust in a God who is bigger, who is the Alpha and the Omega, everything can change. God's calling you to a place of deeper surrender. Maybe you need to surrender uh, the suitcase of the approval of others. Paul says in Galatians that if I were to try and please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. It's a definitive statement that I can't follow God and please everybody at the same time. One pastor says, if you want to please people, you should just go sell ice cream. I can't do it. Maybe, maybe the suitcase that you need to lay down this morning or the plow that you need to burn is the area of your family. There's a war on families that the enemy is launching a full-scale attack against every single one of us who are married, all of our families. He's launching this full-scale assault. And the longer you stay the one in control of your family, the longer the enemy will win in that area. But when you surrender control of your family into the hands of a loving Heavenly Father, everything begins to change. Satan wants to uproot your marriage because it destroys the way that you and I see the covenant with God. He's made marriage all about convenience rather than covenant. So if I feel like giving up on you, I just go find somebody else. And the marriage, marriage was given to you and I to show us God's love for us. So you wonder why it's a big deal when when God's like, I hate divorce. It's because what happens when you and I get divorced or we separate is the enemy has convinced us that if your spouse can walk away from you, God can walk away from you. And that's not the case. We read throughout Scripture that, that, man, I want to say this. I said this in the first experience, too. Like, you need to understand, parents, that there's a real battle that the enemy has against your children as well. And God loves your kids way more than you love your kids. So to surrender control of your kids to him could be the best thing you've ever done. Why does the enemy want to attack your family? Why does he want to get after your kids? It's exactly what King Herod said tried to do when he tried to kill baby Jesus is because it's way easier to kill a kid than it is a king. And if you can take out a kid, then he'll never become a king. So Satan launches a full-scale attack against your children. Maybe the area, the thing that you need to drop or surrender is control of your finances. Tithing is actually the least risky thing you would ever do Because when you place control of your finances into the hands of a loving heavenly father who owns a cattle on a thousand hills, whose resources are unlimited and untapped, it is absolutely incredible what he's able to do. There's so many things that you and I continue to carry. And with every step of surrender, God will deepen our walk with him. Most of us say, God, we want to deepen our relationship with you. We want to grow in our relationship with you. We do need to understand that with every level of deepening in your walk, it will cost you something. It will cost you to lay something down. Third thing is this, that God allows you to burn your old life in order to experience new life. So Elijah returned and he slaughtered the ox and he used the wood from the plow to build a fire and he roasted its flesh. In order to walk in everything that God has for me, I have to sit things down. I have to walk away from old ways of living. I have to let go of things. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if there's anyone in Christ, he's been made a new creation. The old things have gone and behold, new things have come. If God gives you a blank slate when you choose to follow him, why won't you give you a blank slate? Why would you and I continue to carry the things from our past, our past mistakes, our past faults and flaws and failures, when God says, I'll give you the opportunity to set all of it down and walk into all that I have for you? That's the blessing of God, that you and I have the opportunity in our lives to experience His beauty and His power through letting go of the old things and walking in all the new. Elijah goes on in his life to experience double portion blessing. He saw over two times the number of miracles that his predecessor saw. And I believe it all came from this decision to kill off his old life, to kill off the oxen, to remove the things that attached him to his old way of living and to walk in all that God had for him. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Uh, let let me give you a little bit of, of background in this passage of Scripture because Hebrews chapter 11 is really important for us to understand what's taking place in chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews 11 is considered the hall of faith. It's this incredible moment where people are talking about all of these things that God has done in their lives. He's going through all of these Old Testament heroes. And he's showing how God has been faithful through every single one of their scenarios. And he's showing them. I want to show you this Hall of Fame of Faith because what James says is that you and I are, are no different than the prophet Elijah. Or, or that God doesn't have favorites So the same thing that God did in their life, he can do in your life. And so he gets to chapter 12 after he's talked about all that God's done. And he says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. So there's all these people who have seen God do incredible things because we're surrounded by them. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down and especially sin that so easily trips us up. Get this, get this. There's not just one thing that he says to put down. There's two. He says, in one hand, you've got things that weigh you down. In the other, you've got sin that so easily trips you up. Maybe something that you need to drop today to give to God, to leave behind, is not something that's sinful, but it is something that weighs you down. So so let's do that. Let's throw off the weight that slows us down. And especially those sin issues, you need to give those over to Him and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. As a pastor, I see so many people come into. The church I see so many people make decisions for Jesus and I watch this beautiful flame come out and people are so excited they're passionate they're on fire they are so excited about their walk with Christ and what happens is they go man this Jesus thing is incredible thank you for saving me God I'm so excited and so they begin to run their race carrying all of this baggage and then about six months down the road You see them on social media. They're not going to church anymore. They're not doing the Jesus thing. It was really cool for a season, but it was just not for them. And I believe that the key to running a race with endurance is that you are throwing the weights off. Because I can't run my race when I'm weighed down by everything in life. I got enough baggage that if I tried to carry all that and run, i got a hard enough time running as it is. Come on, somebody. To carry all that stuff and run at the same time? Impossible. But when you and I lay it down, when we give it over to God and allow Him to take it, to leave behind our old life and walk into new life, it changes everything. And so what I had some friends do at the beginning of this worship experience is give you an index card. I want you to pull it out for a second. And as you pull it out, I want to ask you, what is the thing that weighs you down? What is the baggage that you've been toting around with you? Maybe it's just something that weighs you down. Maybe it is a sin issue. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a bad habit. Maybe it's a past relationship that you've continued to carry. Maybe it's a lack of self-worth or a broken identity. Whatever you've been carrying this morning, today you have the opportunity to lay it down. And so what I want you to do is I want you to write whatever that issue is, whatever that sin is, whatever that weight is, I want you to write it on your index card. And then in a second, during the next song, you're going to have the opportunity to come And lay those things down on the stage. And symbolically, what's going to happen today is you're laying down your old life and you're leaving. You're not picking it back up. You're not carrying it out with you. You're leaving it behind so that you can walk into the things that God has for you in your future. So take a moment, write those things down. As I was talking and asking you like, what's the baggage, what's the weight that's been holding you down? I believe that some of you heard something. Maybe, maybe you felt it inside of you, something that said, hey, this is the issue. This is the thing that you need to write down. This is that thing that has been tripping you up. Here's what I want you to know. You heard from God today. Because you know what the enemy doesn't prompt you to do? Surrender things to God. <laughs> So the thing inside of you that said, oh, it's this issue, wasn't just your own inner being. It was God prompting you to saying, hey, if you'll lay this down, I've got something better for you in the future. So for just a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to write some things down and, and then I'll transition us in a second. Would you do me a favor, church? Would you stand to your feet for a moment? As you finish writing stuff down, I believe the best thing you could do today would just be to simply respond by laying it down on the stage. There's some of you that have things that you need to lay down this morning, but. I do want to talk, so so I want to, I want to pray for you um, in just a moment, but I also want to pray because I believe that there are some of us in here that have never made that decision to actually surrender everything over to Jesus. And the truth is, uh, of that Hebrews passage, that you can't throw off the weights and sin that so easily entangles apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because what Scripture teaches us is that sin enslaves us. We are slaves to sin and the only way that we're set free from that slavery that bondage is through accepting the payment of Jesus on our behalf so I would just propose to you I believe yes you start following Jesus are you still going to have problems absolutely if there's an addiction in your life if there's a sin that you can't break it's not because Jesus isn't powerful enough it may be because there's areas of your life that aren't fully surrendered to him And so here's what I want to do. I want to say a prayer with you this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. If you're in here and you would say, hey, Pastor, I, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to make a decision for him. And today you want to begin to trust him with your life. Would you just lift your hand for a moment and say, hey, that's me. I see that. Here's what I want to do. I want us to all pray together. Nobody prays alone. Say this with me. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, help me celebrate with those who just made decisions today. And I also want to pray for you um, that as we worship during this next song, that God would give you the strength. For some of you, this walk is going to be difficult because there's been things you've been holding on to that you know you need to let go of. But today's a day where you leave different than you came in, that you don't have to continue carrying the weights that you've been carrying for so long. You don't have to have excess baggage in Christ. You can lay it down and pick up the things that God has for you as you need them. Let me pray for you, and then we'll worship. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you